This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. Now take a moment and think about all the scandals that may have rocked your country's parliament in the recent past. What were they about? Corruption? Secret deals? Horse trading? Or a government decision gone wrong? In Australia, parliamentary scandals are almost always about sex. Allow me to recap the year for you. On the 13th of February, a parliament staffer named Brittany Higgins said that she was raped in 2019. The same month, Australia's Attorney General, Christian Porter, was accused of raping a girl. This was when he was 17. In March, thousands rallied in Australia for a safer parliament. We will change the world that... Soon, more harrowing tales stumbled out. On the 15th of March, local media revealed discussions on sexual assault and harassment as faced by employees of the Labour Party. Six days later came the mother of all scandals. Photos and videos showed a parliament staffer masturbating in the house. Soon, insiders started talking to the press. One whistleblower said male staffers often share sexual photos and videos taken inside the parliament. The same source said that the parliament's prayer room is routinely used for sex. What's more, sex workers frequent the Australian parliament. Cut to the present day, the Australian Human Rights Commission has dropped a bombshell report. It says one in three parliament staffers are sexually harassed. One in three. The report goes on to say 40% of women in Australia's parliament were sexually harassed, 42% of them were bullied, 24% experienced both bullying and sexual harassment, at least 63% of female parliamentarians have experienced sexual harassment. We are talking about legislators here, not staffers, not interns, women who make laws. According to the Australian Human Rights Commission, 63% of female MPs in Australia have been sexually harassed. What kind of a country is this? Clearly, there is more to Australia than the picturesque landscape you see. Women in Australia are not safe even in their parliament. And guess what? The prime minister of the country is absolutely fine with it. Do you know how Scott Morrison reacted, what he said when he learned that one in three staffers have been sexually harassed under his watch? I wish I found it more surprising. That was his reaction. I will repeat. I wish I found it more surprising. I'm surprised how these leaders can be so numb to women's safety. I'm guessing Morrison knew about the toxic culture in the house since he claims to be unsurprised. So what on earth has he done to keep his colleagues safe? Let me show you what the Australian Prime Minister has been up to. Morrison shut off a female minister when she was asked whether the culture in the parliament was improved for women. Take a look. Ms. Rustin, can I ask you, as, as a woman in, in the government, uh, your reflections on, on the culture inside? Has it got better, worse, or no change since the, the, the bonk ban era? Well, Phil, the only thing that I can. How this ban is referred to. I think is quite dismissive of the seriousness of the issue, Phil. Um, and I would ask media to stop referring to it in that way. We took it very seriously. There is a word for this. It's called manterrupting. 
It's called assuming that men have the power to interrupt. It's called assuming that men have the power to abuse their office and that they have the power to get away with that abuse. This skewed sense of gender privilege normally flows from the top and it gets worse as it percolates. Here's what an unnamed MP said. Aspiring male politicians who thought nothing of, in one case, picking you up, kissing you on the lips, lifting you up, touching you, pats on the bottom, comments about appearance, you know the usual. The point I make with that was the culture allowed it, encouraged it. To me, it looks like the culture normalized it. The political culture in Australia has normalized unwanted sexual advances. The endemic is not new. In 2018, Australia was forced to introduce a new rule preventing ministers from having a sexual relationship with staff. Why? Because those in parliament simply could not behave themselves. So the so-called bonk ban that the prime minister did not like the nomenclature of had to be enforced. Can you think of any other parliament which has such a rule? Welcome to Australia. This is a country where the Attorney General had to be warned to not go drinking with young staff. And despite that, he ended up making unwanted sexual advances to colleagues. This is a country where a Deputy Minister was found knee-deep in a sex scandal. He had to step down. What's more, the woman involved was again an ex-parliament staff. This is a country where a young parliamentarian was slut-shamed in the Senate, where young workers like Brittany Higgins were raped in the parliament and where the prime minister is not surprised that one in three women are being sexually harassed under his watch. It's because casual sexism, sexist slurs and sexual innuendo seem to have been normalized. In 2010, when Julia Gillard became the country's first female prime minister, her critics took pot shots at her gender, branded her as a menopausal monster. This system does not know how to treat its women. It is guilty of encouraging mistreatment, encouraging victim shaming. When Brittany Higgins said that she was raped in the office of the defense minister, Linda Reynolds, the female defense minister did not stand up for Higgins. Instead, she chose to call her a lying cow. What kind of message, what kind of example are Australia's leaders setting for the country? Today, 33% of female workers are harassed in workplaces across Australia. The latest report has sent a clear message to the leadership. It comes in bold in the form of the title. The message reads, set the standard.